Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 5th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I hope everyone had a very happy 4th of July. I enjoyed my day off from Magic Basketball by uh, watching Summer League Basketball. Who am I kidding? I was still at the Amway Center. Uh, as things were going down in the NBA, we got the Gordon Hayward signing finally out of the way. I think I think he finally decided. Did he decide finally? He did indeed. He's going to the Boston Celtics. So finally, another all-star coming out east uh, should make some things a little bit more interesting at the top of the Eastern Conference. And as I'll probably talk a little bit more tomorrow, um, I, I think this starts to set the dominoes in motion for free agency uh, and and begin maybe to get the magic moving a little bit on some trades. Uh, there's been plenty of talk already about Boston looking to move some key players to uh, A, clear the cap room to get Gordon Hayward. And I think that's an area where the magic can help and, and the magic can attack. And so... This is kind of the part of the summer that I think we'll see the Magic get a little bit more active in the trade market because now there are teams looking to trade. Take Utah, for example. Utah loses Gordon Hayward. They were supposedly going after Otto Porter. Otto Porter signs an offer sheet or will sign an offer sheet with the Brooklyn Nets. So now they're looking for some small forward help. Rumors are that they'll go after Rudy Gay. Who knows if they'll get him? But this is the opportunity where the Magic can come in and say, hey, We've got a perfectly good Terrence Ross or Evan Fournier. Give us something, something of value, and we can talk. That's That's been the Magic's MO this summer, so I think we'll see the Magic pick up their activity a little bit. They're waiting for this kind of second wave of free agency to get things going. But Orlando did have some roster moves that they made on Tuesday. I'm going to talk a little bit about those in a moment. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the double-edged sword of development as that's going to come back into focus for the Orlando Magic this year uh, or this season uh, with the team bringing in Jonathan Isaac and even some of the failures that have happened with the previous Rob Hennigan regime. And finally, I'm going to close today's show talking about the one need that I think the Magic need to address. I know I said that the Magic should kind of punt on free agency. There is one thing that I think the Magic do need to try and accomplish this summer, uh, and so I will talk about filling that need on today's episode. But let's start with the roster moves. First, the big one, Jonathan Isaac's summer league is over. As I'm sure I mentioned on yesterday's episode, Isaac did not play the second half of Monday's game uh, with a sore hip. It, it, uh, MRI revealed that there's no structural damage, just a strained left hip. The Magic have decided to shut him down for the summer league as a precaution. Uh, absolutely the right decision. I didn't expect him to play more than three games anyway. Uh, so he has shown exactly what he needed to show this summer. The summer league, 10.5 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, including I think it was 11 offensive rebounds uh, for the Magic in three summer league games, shot 44.4% from the floor. Fantastic defense, fantastic athleticism, 
growing confidence. He got better each and every game. If he had played the second half on Monday, he would have added to his nine points on um, three for five shooting that he had easily. Um, very, very encouraging signs from Jonathan Isaac. I thought it was a fantastic summer league for him. Uh, nothing to complain about at all. I'll have a little bit more on him, uh, maybe on tomorrow's episode or possibly for our summer league recap on Friday. But Isaac's summer league is done. It's going to give some opportunities to some other players like Hassan Martin, like Jalen Jones to, to show what they can do. Um, very excited to see those guys. They've, they've. I, I'm a big. I like Hassan Martin a lot. A lot, although he hasn't gotten a ton of playing time yet. Um, we'll see what they can do. Uh, again, results aren't really the most important thing with summer league. But when Jonathan Isaac was on in the game, the Magic were a better team. Really, he stood out defensively uh, in this setting. So very, very encouraging signs from Jonathan Isaac. The reviews from the coaching staff have been uh, phenomenal. Players seem to love him too. Uh, so very, very good sign for him. Um, sucks that we won't see him for the rest of the summer. But again, I, I don't think this was unexpected, especially with the injury. Shut him down. You know, let him kind of get into his off-season training, uh, off-season program, especially get healthy first and foremost. Uh, start bulking him up a little bit and uh, see where he's at in September. But the more immediate and somewhat surprising roster move, I think we all kind of sensed it was coming, uh, was the uh, waving of former second-round pick Steven Zimmerman. The Magic made Steven Zimmerman the 41st pick of the 2015 draft, and it, it was a pick that was widely hailed. Um, for much of the season, the, much of the season entering into twenty entering into the twenty fifteen draft, Zimmerman was considered an outside lottery pick. A lot of people really liked what this kid could do. Showed versatility uh, as a shot blocker in college. Um, could step out and hit some jumpers. Good offensive skill. Everyone just knew he had to bulk up. He had to put some muscle on, and that was always going to be the challenge. And when the Magic took him forty first. They knew it was going to be a um, a development year. They knew they were going to have to let him develop, you know, kind of get get himself physically ready to play in the NBA. Zimmerman is kind of a victim of circumstance here. Uh, he played the majority of his games uh, in the D League. He only played 19 games for the Magic, averaged 1.2 points, 1.8 rebounds per game. Really looked uh, out muscled, you know, out physicaled. Uh, in those games. So it, it, he wasn't really a good fit in the NBA. But he clearly had something going for him. In the D-League, he made 20 appearances for the Erie Bayhawks, averaged 13.4 points per game and 8.9 rebounds per game. Included a 2020 game at the D-League level. So he, he clearly had something. It wasn't that the Magic were kind of spinning their wheels. And this is where I think he's a victim of circumstance. If he had been a rookie on this year's team, he would have been able to go play games in Lakeland on the weekend, come practice with the Magic on the weekdays. He wouldn't have had to spend two, three weeks in Erie away from the Magic, away from their weight training program. That's the advantage of having the Lakeland Magic, and that's going to be a big advantage for the team moving forward. Sarahman didn't get to take advantage of that. And so he came into Summer League this year Noticeably bulkier, he did look better, he did look more physical, uh, and you know he had a mixed mixed bag in summer league. I have to say, um, I, I I think I mentioned this on Twitter. He showed every reason why people believe in believed in him to begin with. Good jumper, good good natural shot blocker. He blocked a lot of shots, came out of his area to block shots, uh, but he showed everything that was bad about him too. He'd get 
fit pushed around a little bit on rebounds, putbacks in the post, just could not establish position. And so as much strength as he's added, he just couldn't get over that hump. I do think it's possible the Magic might try and bring him back on a two-way contract, continue to invest in his development, but with his guarantee date coming and the Magic maybe needing that extra, you know, he's paid $1.3 million next year, needing that extra bit of cash, very, very possible the Magic decided let's cut our losses now, let's take the extra cap room as we get ready to strike in free agency. Zimmerman's guarantee date was July 6th at the end of the moratorium. So, it, you know, now may not have been the exact time to cut him, or maybe it is. Maybe that's maybe they have something planned, and it's a signal of that. But it seemed like that was coming with the way he was playing in in summer league. Matt Costello had passed him for start for the starters role, and that part was concerning for Zimmerman. Uh, and so, you know, he's no longer on the team. He got cut. He's been waived. Uh, and so it's unclear what the future holds for Zimmerman. I'm sure he'll stick on a D league team somewhere. I'd like to see the Magic give him another shot with a two way contract. Uh, or just try and sign him to the Lakeland Magic outright, just kind of keep him there for the year uh, and see where he's at next summer. Um, but we'll see what the Magic decide to do with him uh, moving forward or if they decide to do anything at all with him moving forward. It may just be, that's it for him. Just didn't mesh with the new or new management group. Magic needed the cap room. Just kind of a victim of the business of basketball. And that's kind of that. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And you know, uh, you know, we talk about the the, the summer league or the D league and the two way contracts, and and everyone's a little bit curious how this is going to get used. Um, we've seen a few two way contracts sent out already, and and the rules of the two way contract are a little convoluted. You get paid a little bit more than the typical D league salary, but you are limited to only I think forty five or forty six days in the NBA total over the course of the season. So it's not like you can go back and forth. You're limited into how many NBA days you get. And, of course, that salary is prorated, too. And the Magic have made a big deal. Jeff Weltman certainly has made a big deal out of having the Lakeland Magic available to them as a resource. Now, Alex Martin said when they hired Jeff Weltman that the fans over in Lakeland should expect to see the the some of their key players, some of their roster players play for the Lakeland Magic. Weltman, with the Toronto Raptors, used Raptors 905 as a true minor league. He was send. Pascal Siakam and Norman Powell and Bruno Caboclo to play a game with Raptors 905 when the Raptors didn't have a game that day. That it's it's the best way to get experience. And the Magic are gonna use it this way. I, I would not be surprised to see Jonathan Isaac play some games early on in the year with the Lakeland Magic. Marcus Georges Hunt will probably play some games with the Lakeland Magic next year. Um, if he makes the roster, of course. And any of the young players that, that the Magic might have will probably get some run with the Lakeland Magic. It's going to be a tool that they use. And of course, that was not a tool that was available to them before. Instead, the Magic really had to rely on their own player development. And I've touched on this a little bit on the podcast. 
the Magic have had a little bit of a spotty record with their player development. You look at the Magic's draft picks. None of them have really developed the way you would like. It starts with Maurice Harkless from his rookie year. Showed a lot of promise. And the Magic kind of dropped the ball with him, to be frank. They didn't put him in the right positions to succeed. Victor Oladipo kind of reached the ceiling. He hasn't been able to break through it with Oklahoma City, obviously. But a lot of people projected him to be an all-star, and he never reached that level. Aaron Gordon is still figuring out who he is entering year four of his career. Alfred Payton stagnated defensively. This was a defensive player of the year in college. Has not found his footing in the NBA. And the list goes on and on. Kylo Quinn, Andrew Nicholson. Andrew Nicholson's a great example. Showed fantastic promise his rookie year. They tried to introduce a three-point shot to him and broke him, essentially. Mario Azonia is just... No one knows what he's supposed to be anymore. And so you look at the Magic's recent history and there is a problem with player development. And it's not exactly clear how the team's going to fix this. Now, some thought would say that some of the biggest issues with player development for the Magic is that they've had to hand over important roles to young players automatically. There's kind of an entitlement issue. Uh, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel uh, last week or a few weeks ago, citing sources outside the Magic organization, said the team's biggest issue with player development was freely handing over important roles to unproven prospects rather than forcing them to earn their keep behind proven veterans. And there's something to that. I think the Magic have struggled to find the right veterans for their locker room. Really, ever since Jameer Nelson and Aaron Aflalo left. And I remember saying at the time, I kind of felt the Magic let go of one of them a year too soon, looking back on it. Felt like the Magic needed that voice in the locker room. And when we talk about adding veterans, you know, Channing Frye's a nice veteran. C.J. Watson's a nice guy. He was one of, nominated for Teammate of the Year at the NBA Awards. They're nice guys. They're good kind of exemplars, but they're not impact veterans. They're not on the court kind of pushing and prodding the players into the right spots. And, I mean, you look at even, and this is not Nikola Vucevic's fault, but you look at like how Nikola Vucevic viewed Bismack Biombo's arrival, he feels entitled to that starting spot because he's held it for five years. And he didn't really have to fight for it. And that's okay. The Magic were kind of in that situation. That's what the situation called for. And Vucevic developed fine. He's actually been one of the rare cases of a guy who's developed really well for this team. But the Magic haven't gotten the most of their players. Say what you want about the draft. I'm, I'm a believer that the Magic have had some rotten luck in the draft. But say what, say what you want about the opportunities the Magic have had in the draft. They haven't gotten the most of their players. Now, we'll see what Aaron Gordon does this year. He's had his own extenuating circumstances. It's looking like we'll see what Alfred Payton can do this year. It's a prove-it year for a lot of guys on this Magic roster, especially with new management in place. But they're going to have to take a different approach to developing their players, too, and building their roster. This is kind of an argument against running the whole thing back, of, of course, But that's maybe what the Magic are going to have to do. And the Magic are going to have to find a way to shift and move things with how their roster is built and how they nurture these young players. Especially moving forward, because I don't think the emphasis on the draft is going to go away. 
the Magic are going to look to draft smart and bring in impact players through the draft. It's a really tricky question talking about development. Because on one hand, you do want to make players earn their keep and earn their way onto the floor and have to beat out veterans so they don't feel entitled to their spots. But at the same time, you also got to play young players. The only way they're going to learn is by playing. Mario Azonia has been buried behind veterans. Maurice Harkless was perhaps unfairly buried behind some veterans when he was with the Magic. And they had no chance to develop and no chance to grow from and learn from their mistakes. You've got to let young players make mistakes too, right? You can't just hand them everything, but you can't overprotect them as well. And that's the tricky part about developing young players. You kind of have to go at its own pace. Each player is different. And it's a big issue, of course, for the Magic because Jonathan Isaac needs so much development. Jonathan Isaac is very, very raw. And I suspect the Magic believe that he can make an impact defensively, and that's how he's going to earn his minutes. You know, Mario Azonia wasn't a good enough shooter to be on the floor without the defensive element, especially for Scott Skiles. Jonathan Isaac's going to earn his minutes this year with his defense, and he's going to have to learn how to play offense and not take away from the offense while learning how to, how to play and discover his game. That's going to be a tricky balance for the Magic all year long. And it's a tricky balance with every young player. But the Magic have to get it right. In all likelihood, Isaac's going to be playing behind Fournier and Gordon, so he's not going to be handed anything. And Frank Vogel's already said, we're not going to give the kid more than he can handle. We're going to, you know, he said in so many words, they're going to bring him along slowly. As he gets better, they will give him more to do, expand his role, give him more opportunity. But initially, they're going to ask him, defend, run the floor, rebound. That's your job. And certainly at Summer League, it looks like he'll be able to do that job fairly easily and take on more responsibility fairly quickly. And I think this approach is the right approach with this roster too. How the Magic develop these players moving forward is going to be the key to this whole rebuild. Can they get Aaron Gordon to unlock that next level for him? Can they get Alfred Payton to bring his defense back up? Can they develop Jonathan Isaac the right way to become their star whenever he's ready? These are big questions. And there is no one right way to do this. There's the way they're going to try. And it's either going to work or it's not. And we've seen the Magic try a lot of different things with these young players. And coaching consistency is going to be a huge thing too. Just knowing what, what's expected of them heading into the next season. Figuring out this double-edged sword though is going to be very, very, very difficult for the Magic. And it's going to be the story of the 2018 season, I think. Before we close out today's show, just a, a quick note on free agency. It, this is going to go in our, our well-duh, Phil, category. Um, talking about the one need for the Orlando Magic in free agency. The one thing that I think 
the Magic need to make sure they tackle in free agency. And I know yesterday, and I still believe this, and I know yesterday I said the Magic are probably going to look to punt on free agency. They're not going to look to make a lot of moves in free agency. They're going to kind of sit tight and see what happens. But I do believe they have one thing they've got to accomplish in free agency. They've got to find a shooter. Last year, the Magic shot around 32% from beyond the arc. That was 29th in the league. This was not a good three-point shooting team. Period. And that's... That's definitely a... uh, a concern for the Magic. It's something that we expected from them last year because we knew they weren't a particularly good shooting team. We knew they didn't have a lot of shooters. But we saw Terrence Ross shoot near a career low. We saw... um, We saw... uh, Evan Fournier come down from his 40% down to what was essentially a career low. It's definitely a... uh, um, definitely uh, something that the Magic know they have to fix, but it's not going to be easy to fix, especially with some of the players on their roster. They're going to need Aaron Gordon to step up. They're going to need Jonathan Isaac to make some threes. But with Jody Meeks now gone, two-year, $7 million contract to the Washington Wizards, the Magic need to find some shooting off the bench. They just need to find a, a shooter that every team has to respect and create the space that they need to succeed. That's not going to be easy to find. The wing shooters in this free agency class have quickly dried up. Danilo Gallinari is off the board. Tony Snell is off the board, a guy that I think a lot of Magic fans want to target. Jonathan Simmons is not that great of a three-point shooter, and I don't think the Magic will be able to offer enough that the Spurs won't match. Other players that are decent three-point shooters, Nikola Mirotic has a reputation as a three-point shooter, can the Magic offer enough to get him get him away from Chicago? To me, if I'm the Magic and I'm sitting there thinking, what do I need to do to improve this team? I am going hard after C.J. Miles if I can. If he's within the price range, which I'm not 100% sure he is. Shot 41.3% from beyond the arc last year, 10.7 points per game. Great 3 and D player. Fits exactly what the Magic need. He is the perfect fit for what I think the Magic need the rest of the summer. I really think they only need to add maybe one, two more players. But they need shooting. And that has to be a focus in whatever they do. Adding some shooting. Yes, they want the defensive versatility. Yes, they want that length that they talk about a lot. But to build a functioning team, they need shooting. I've had so many people ask me, where is the offense going to come from the Magic? And I agree. It is going to be a difficult year offensively for the Magic once again. It's going to be a tough year for the Magic offensively once again. But they can find a way. They can certainly find a way to, Jerry Mandrick's the wrong word, but to, to create kind of a level base that they can grow from. The Magic right now, 
are an incomplete team. They're bringing back the same guys, essentially. And while the offense was a little bit bit better after the All-Star break, they actually shot a worse percentage from beyond the arc after the All-Star break, although they climbed to 26th in the league. We'll see what a full training camp can do for them. But I do think the Magic should look to replace Jody Meeks with a shooter. They, I mean, I, I think it's kind of weird that they didn't try and get Jody Meeks at that number. I would love Jody Meeks at $7 million a year for two, two more years. I think he has two more years left in him. But they, they gotta, I think they got to fill this need. This is the one need they need to fill. And of course, this is, well, duh, Phil. They need to fill this need. And absolutely, well, duh, they need to fill this need. But they're kind of where they are now. They got to find a way to, to get this part of the game down because it's, it's going to unlock so much for the team. And so, while I do believe the Magic need to punt, kind of punt on free agency, if they can get away with finding a shooter somewhere without spending all of their cap room, I would call that a success. Right now, it's unclear what direction the Magic are going in free agency. So, we'll leave it at that. I think the Magic should try and find a shooter somewhere if they can. And of course, that's duh. They need to find a shooter. I'll thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, I'm going to start doing a Magic poll of the day over on at philiprr underscore omd. So today I asked, Jonathan Isaac has exceeded expectations, been what I thought, has a long way to go, or it's Summer League Bro. And it's Summer League Bro when, so it seems like through the 400 or so of you that voted, uh, it's... Uh, uh, everyone's kind of taking Summer League with a grain of salt. Exceeded expectations at 34%. Uh, that's what I think. Th- yeah, he exceeded my expectations. Very. I, I'm now more excited about him than I was before Summer League started. Uh, so uh, definitely some cautious optimism from the Orlando Magic faithful when it comes to Jonathan Isaac. I'm going to post a Magic poll of the day every day, probably around noon, uh, or try to do it at least uh, at least regularly every day around noon. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd for my thoughts on the magic. Um, trying to add add my face and a little more personality to uh, the Twitter account there. So be sure to follow me there. Appreciate um, everyone kind of bearing with me as I experiment with that. Uh, and of course, uh, be on the lookout for the magic poll of the day um, around noon um, uh, on most days uh, that I remember to do it. I'll share the results here on Locked On Magic. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Be sure to subscribe if you have not already on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And if you're on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing and let everyone know how awesome our show is. We really do appreciate the kind reviews. And honestly, uh, I, I've read through some of the comments. I've heard some criticism, and I try to listen to that too. But don't put the criticism necessarily on there. You can you can t- tell me that privately, and I'll, I'll do my best to improve the show. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd, as well as at omagicdaily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic are back in action at Summer League on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Uh, take it on somebody. I don't I don't know who they're taking. I don't know who they're playing. They're playing somebody. Um, but... Last regular season, they're actually playing the New York Knicks. 
There we go. Got my calendar out. Playing the New York Knicks um, on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Last regular season summer league game before championship Thursday. Please, please win so I don't have to go to the 8 a.m. game. And that would be very bad for all of us. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.